Oh, sinners and choosers, welcome to Choose Your Own Religion. My name is Joe. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week, as every week. Always glad to have you listening. Uh, This is a show where me and a guest talk about whatever religious stuff we want to talk about, and then we make up a religion at the end. And this week, my guest is Caitlin Bailey, a stand-up comic in New York, an absolute killer. You should definitely see her if if you're ever in New York. Or where her touring uh, pack of stand-up comedians called Cake Comedy. That's cake, like the stuff you eat. Uh, whenever they tour, you should definitely see them. They're, they're a great set of stand-ups. And it was really cool having Caitlin on this episode because she was in town from New York. But we first met way back at the very beginning of our stand-up career in Raleigh, North Carolina. We talk a little bit about our journeys uh, to here. And something that you'll hear me talk about on this episode is I always admired Caitlin's honesty and that's also what makes me nervous about this episode because it's uh, when I'm around somebody that honest, it just inspires me to be that much more honest. And you know what? That's uh, it's a little fucking scary sometimes when you when you admit shit, as I do on this podcast, the things I haven't admitted on this podcast. But it's a great thing because anytime uh, I feel any kind of fear or nervousness, I know that means that's the doorway to some cooler and cooler shit that's going to happen in my life. Uh, whatever it, form it takes. And sometimes that means you lose people, and that's okay. Uh, and uh, I don't really know how you guys perceive me, but so if you have this perception of me as I'm this uh, this guy who's pretty clean-cut and all, he's doing a spiritual podcast because he's on some kind of spiritual path, I, I hope I've made that clear by now over the course of this podcast. That's a bunch of bullshit. And uh, you'll that any misconceptions on how spiritually pure I am are certainly cleared up in this podcast. But I go back to... Ed Bacon, the Reverend Ed Bacon, who's been on this episode, uh, and he talks about the four commonalities between all uh, spiritual practices, religious faiths, whatever is. It, it requires four things. It requires you to show up, pay attention, tell the truth, and not care about the results. And even though I clearly care about the results, uh, I'm really happy to try to tell more and more of the truth in my life. So, uh, thank you guys for being cool with that and listening. That's enough from me and my nervous uh, preamble here. Uh, you're going to love this episode. Caitlin's an amazing comic. Again, check her out. Follow her on Twitter. All the links to that stuff are in the show notes. If you like this show, go to chooseyourownreligion.com. we got old episodes on there. we got a blog called This Week in Spiritual Narcissism where I, where I visit a new religious place and uh, talk about my own fucking life. Also, if you're listening to this, when it comes out and the week it comes out, I've got a live Choose Your Own Religion coming out this Thursday, March 30th, 8 p.m. It's not like the podcast, but sort of a fucked up worship service. I would love to have any of you in Los Angeles come out. Uh, for more information, you can go to the Facebook page and uh, you'll see the event there. I love y'all so much. Please open up a crack in your soul and let Caitlin Bailey into it. Allow the soothing music and uplifting affirmations to center your heart and mind in an awareness of God's love. Wake up, my dear sinners. Wake up from your deep rest. Won't you say your prayers? Know that you are blessed. I love you, oh, but Jesus loves you the best, and I hope that you choose your own religion. Go ahead and get started. Cool, yeah. Roll right into it. Yeah, Uh, let's get right into it. Thanks for coming. 
it's great to be meeting up with you in L.A. We right? started in North Carolina together. Charlie Goodnights. Charlie Goodnights back in the day when we were both bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, wow, know-it-all, yeah. know-nothings. <laughs> <laughs> you got that right. Man, oh, man. I, didn't, I didn't even get up at Goodnights that often. I think I only got up like a handful of times because it was so, I don't know. I, I, Brad just... Reader like, tried to create like a game of thrones level uh-huh. infighting betwixt uh-huh. the open mic comics we were all like we could actually like just start a mic anywhere is the thing yeah yeah i was more of a, a jack spratt and chapel hill guy yeah jack spratt and chapel hill that's where i met eric yoder okay uh, for the first time yeah, when he was yeah, like yeah. when he followed a girl to north carolina and was just like at these weird open mics for no reason right yeah <laughs> I right, and it's that. like yeah. he's like, I'm Eric Yoder. I'm kind of a big deal in comedy. I was like, cool. I've been doing this for six months anyway. Great goatee, <laughs> nice. dude. Uh, <laughs> sweet business cards. Yeah, uh, sweet Mustang. I guess uh-huh. I don't know. It's... Yeah, but you were. I I remember just like you were one of the first people that I remember meeting in comedy and being blown away by your honesty, like oh more than other people. Because like you know everybody we're in fucking North Carolina doing open mics. Like yes. there's a lot of there's a lot of hacky material. I was doing a lot of hacky material. Did I tell you that to your face? Is that a no, thing that came no, out of my no, mouth? No, 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 but I was like, but honesty, was I a cunt to you? Tell me about the time that I was a cunt to you. <laughs> No, I don't remember anything. Uh, I remember, I can't even remember the specifics. I mean, granted, I was like high most of the time I was sure. at Good Nights, so I can't remember like a lot of the, the specific interactions. Mm-hmm. I feel like you had like a, a sort of like a motherly type vibe to me one time we had. I don't know. It's a weird thing to say. I, but. I, I, I speak condescension fluently. That's my go-to okay. Maybe that's baseline. What it was. Yeah, so I was probably just condescending to you about your dumb choices uh-huh. where you were like, I'm so tired. And I was like, well, are you sleeping? And you were like, <laughs> No, and I was like, these might be related. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be, mm-hmm. I don't want to be a judgy cunt, but like, sleep's important, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. St- stuff like that. Yeah, and you, but you moved to North or to New York shortly, really quickly. Yeah, yeah. And I moved to LA really quickly too. Yeah, like we basically, I think, moved at the same time. Yeah, to different places. How's LA been treating you? I love you. Have like a, you live like a person. You have like a bed <laughs> with like stuff. It's great. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a little the lived desk. In. It's an old timey, but it, it's cute like you're not sleeping on like a pile of yoga mats right with right. like bed bugs and you know mm-hmm. pages stuck together with commerce <laughs> i don't know like right, how right. people live yeah no i i think lifestyle wise i yeah i think la would it. treat me a lot better than new york would but yeah, new, york, I, new york's you know. an obstacle course for people with dreams it's fucking and they it, it wants to wear you out like in a physical mm-hmm. way there's no respite there's no you you know you go home to your f- six roommates right. uh <laughs> right. you can hear your neighbors like breathing and turning on faucets like there's there's just no away from people but right. i feel like i've been in la for a second and mm-hmm. i'm like oh everyone's isolated in their home and car exactly that is yeah. exactly from bubble to bubble bubble to bubble yeah bubble 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 and then if you, i'm sure this is the same in new york too but like within your subculture that can be a whole bubble of like the stand-up world or like yes. i got into the improv world for a little bit uh, and i was like why I don't. <laughs> I was young, confused. Well, I, I get re- it, dude. But like, no, yeah. But seriously, no, I know it's it's one of the things. I I still perform a little bit with the team. I'm starting to like, mm-hmm. you know, sort of exit a little bit. So I'm like, eh, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just, yeah. it's just, yeah. I took a couple of classes at UCB in New York, okay, uh, yeah. improv and sketch. Loved sketch. Mm-hmm. Uh, found out enough about improv to know more why I didn't 
want to do it mm. that was but i my whole body was like this isn't for you yeah why, why is that for you i'm not a team player i'm just <laughs> yeah, not that, yeah. yeah i'm like yeah, yeah. i don't i think your ideas are dumb and mine are great yeah <laughs> i mean yeah there's definitely a lot of that going on yeah for me and uh a lot, <laughs> not, not with my current team but like with uh when i was going through the classes i was like oh man i gotta like oh, play there this is dumb and then this was like really frustrating if you want to like get reps in at improv you have to like organize and shit it's not like stand-up where it's like i'm just gonna dr- drive up. myself show up i don't have to like coordinate with people right no you've got it you know you gotta it's got a whole thing they get yeah. other, everyone else's fucking schedules and their dumb ideas about what else they could be doing with their <laughs> life it's fucking it, it's exert and and when i say i'm not a team player i mean that on multiple levels with the rare exception of the cake comedy tour mm-hmm. i'm kind of a lone wolf agent like oh, i yeah. don't like it's i don't play well with others but cake is your little your little pack yeah, my pet. Well, it's Carrie Gravenson, Abby Crutchfield, uh, Caitlin Bailey, that's me, and Aaron Judge, and our initial spell cake. And we've been touring the country for five years now uh, mm-hmm. as the Pink Collar Comedy Tour, but we just changed our name. Yeah, I saw you guys like six months ago or something at yeah. uh, Meltdown. It was yeah, great. Thank yeah. you. That was I'm a great glad. show. Yeah. Thank you so much. We're, uh, we're real proud of ourselves. Yeah, you should be. Um, again, I love, I mean, this is what uh, really turned me on like to stand up in general especially when I got out here was finding the people who were going to like, just talk about their lives like as openly and honestly yes. and directly. And like, I get, I totally get why people don't want to do that. Cause it's fucking narcissistic to talk about myself all the time. It feels that way. I'm over that. I'm, I'm an only child. I find myself fascinating <laughs> and I've had a lot of validation my whole life for mm-hmm. that. So like there's, there's just no winning. So that no war. baggage. with you. <laughs> yeah. I'm a dream boat to date. Uh huh. But like, you know, some people are like, they're, they only want to talk about current events and politics nah. and shit. And I'm like, I don't, I don't nah. really. <laughs> it's like it's. I, I I care about me. That's what I care about. That's what I'm going to be passionate about. That's the only thing I'm an expert on. I feel wrong about current events. I feel like I watch. I can watch Fox News, MSNBC, and read the New York Times, and still have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Like it's just. I feel. I feel lied to. I feel manipulated. Mm-hmm. I feel. Uh, I I lost track of like things that I know to be true and false in terms of like the the world the big world yeah but for me uh, you know i'm 30 now so i'm like almost an expert on me (laughs) (laughs) right that's something i feel like i can talk with some modicum level of authority on yeah exactly like i don't have to yeah i don't know what the fuck is happening on like higher levels of politics or whatever um even though as much as it like can enrage me at times but i do know like and i don't even know I'm still working on my own self-awareness, right? I'm still yeah. figuring out who I am as I approach 30 myself. But uh, yeah, I do have an authority of like, this is what happened. This is how I felt. And this is how I can kind of contextualize it now. In like right. a broader scale. And I, and I know that in the context of the rest of my life, I have responded similarly or differently right. to similar circumstances. So what makes this different or what makes this the same uh-huh. or what? And it's, you know, uh, and whether or not Congress functions is... Uh, <laughs> it's a that's a different kind of question yeah and one thing i've been thinking a lot recently too is like i needed to what i didn't cause you know they say like it takes what 10 years or something to make it in comedy to like really like have like or that's what people say that's the, number, the common I, number it's sure. different for everybody you're not crazy i've heard that number too i'm not saying that i'm not being an authority on what how long it's gonna take you got but, real nervous for for reasons that i enjoy because it is a reflection of my cunty personality no nah, just nah. The, look, no, the look on your face of like did i fuck up there because that was a declarative statement but um I, i've heard no i have that look thing. with everybody it's not about you oh, good yeah um i'm gonna make it about me uh <laughs> the the 10 years thing i think it takes 10 years to get good at comedy and mm-hmm. i think that making it in comedy 
is a different uh, thing. I know a lot of really, really good comics um, who are never going to make it. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. For a wide variety of reasons that have nothing to do with how funny they are on stage. And see, that's why I caught myself. I was so uncertain go. in this bullshit I was about to say. Yeah. But what I was trying to say was that I think part of the getting good at comedy thing is also getting like developing as a person, like yes. getting a, turning into a better human being. To be honest about on stage, maybe a, like not maybe not better, a better human again, being, right? Because 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 we really do become more like feral people. Because I think the kind yeah. of the muscle, the social muscle that we're exercising is radically different than the social muscle that everyone else is is yes. exercising. And as that develops, your like regular social life becomes weak like it, yeah yeah small talk to me feels like nails on a chalkboard oh, it's in awful. a way that it but, right but it, it's gotten worse like five years ago <laughs> i could like go to a christmas party and just have a chat with some neighbor person and now i have to i have to like take valium and and like give myself a pep talk and like right? practice like it's yeah. not it's weird and then conversely if you like I don't know. Like I still have a day job, and if I try to be too real with those people, then it's they. There's no having that. Yeah, they don't want that. No, they can't handle it. Yeah, and there, and there's no. Of course, there's the flip side of that is that there's no HR department in comedy. So when we are just our honest but monstrous selves with right. each other, there's no way to be like, um, excuse me, that behavior is outside of the uh, <laughs> navigational beakers. I'm going to need you to rein in the uh, sexual assault and rampant drug use. Uh, people are going to die. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. it's uh, we're just here to prevent death. This is not an artistic question. You guys can talk about whatever you want, but I'm going to need you to stop uh, raping folks. Just a uh, minimum. You know, like, but I, that's just who I am. Right. Yeah, you know? no, I get it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> just being my authentic self. I, uh, I, I see that and want to support it. <laughs> in oh. a stage persona oh god did you have uh when you were in new york because i my first couple years out here were like stereotypically brutal from mm. like a starting off in comedy standpoint same. same yeah oh my god i got bed bugs and a heat rash at the same time uh-huh lost my shit on the subway had diarrhea in between two parked cars in the middle of god knows where i mean yeah no it was a it was a it was a disgusting just physical yeah. physical nightmare <laughs> ping-ponging from one shitty low-wage job to another mm-hmm. and what and it is an infuriating combination of working all the time and also having no money right. i had to steal yeast infection medication <laughs> because i had my credit card maxed out mm-hmm. and uh couldn't deal with another itchy orifice on my body like yeah. just couldn't handle it i had something it was like a the one std i've ever gotten is called molluscum contagiosum that's a really gross like skin rash thing it goes away oh. after like a month or whatever right but uh, yeah i had to like look up like your home brew like remedies for it. like I've, i didn't have yeah. like the insurance to go uh, get like real medication or whatever, right. and they're just like, yeah, you just got. Did you get... keep fucking though? Did not keep fucking. Yeah, no, that that's enough it's to gnarly. like sideline you for like the. You're like, I'm. I don't know if I ever want to have sex again, and then hilarious. Then you do. Um, but yeah, and then it's hormones, and so then you're you're bouncing around from these. You know, you're just running to tread water essentially. Yes. And yes. Then, and then you're also. I mean, for me, I was also like. You know, I'm not good at comedy and I'm in fucking right. LA. You're in LA and so you're just doing the thing. So like I wasn't good at comedy either, but I was like marginally good at hustling, which meant that I spent a lot of time on the street harassing strangers for free <laughs> comedy shows. Oh yeah. So I was like barking barking, p- yeah. barking for stage time because I was trying to get let like one skill set make up for the other skill set. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those first couple of years are fucking brutal because like all your instincts are wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh 
you know enough to know how shitty you are, yep. which is a terrible new realization. You never would have moved to New York or L.A. if you'd known how <laughs> shitty you were. But it took moving there to be like, oh, well, in comparison to these people, I'm fucking stupid. Yep. Like, yep. It, yeah, it's it's, uh, Wait, yeah, it's bar- a lot. Barking's not even really a thing out here. We don't, yeah, how, yeah really how would barking, you even do? Yeah. You would have to physically, like, throw airplanes <laughs> into people's cars, Yeah, you know? Wait, what was, like, what was, like, something you learned... What was like the the greatest lesson that barking taught you? Well, that's not fair because I come from a canvassing background. Oh, so okay. so I that's already spent yeah. and the less the, the lesson that I learned in canvassing is that the no's don't matter. The only thing that matters are the yeses. Mm-hmm. So like it doesn't matter how many no's you get because they they don't matter, they don't add up, they're not worth counting. Yeah. The only thing that matters is the yes. Um is yeah. what I learned from canvassing. And then having that applied to uh, comedy, I learned that I want to start bar- stop barking as fast as possible because yeah. I want to kill people. Like it's yeah. I mean, does that feel? I mean, it sounds like dehumanizing a little bit to be like. I mean, yes, I get it. You have to have that mentality of the nose don't matter. You know, it's but like you're violating social norms really aggressively to yeah. a wide swath of people. For your own selfish interest, whether it's raising money for a nonprofit organization that you believe in or trying to get somebody to give you their credit card information for an idea or getting somebody to worse see you talk about your dumb thoughts with a bunch of other people who also suck at comedy. (laughs) You know, like I definitely felt shittier about getting people to commit to a free comedy show than I did about getting their credit card information for the <laughs> ACLU. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that was... Especially if that comedy show ends up like sucking too. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. It, and they did. I, I never <laughs> I never barked for a show I really believed in except <laughs> ones that I produced. Right. Which I started doing early because I was so frustrated. I was like, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't be the engine behind this thing if you keep this sucks and it sucks in fixable ways but at least yeah i should have started producing a show way way earlier than i did it's one of those things where it totally changed you had to get so frustrated you were like fine yeah basically i mean like because you get to uh, i don't know that's the maybe that's what they with the conservatives talk about when they have like a special snowflake syndrome or whatever (laughs) like i felt like i should just wait till i'm so good everybody's fucking asking me to do their shit but like that moment i don't know if that moment ever comes if you don't start producing never it never comes is the thing it's like i mean yes people are like hey uh bill burr please (laughs) do my show or whatever but the rooms that Bill wants to perform in, someone's probably still sending a veil. So like, that's right. probably still... It never stops. Never stops. And, like, it, I, for me, it's shifted my whole mindset from a sort of, the like, the frustration of, like, what the fuck is wrong with me? And then I started <laughs> booking and producing it yourself. You're like, oh, I get it. Like, now I get what goes into, like, booking a show. Like, what do I look for when I book people? Yes. I know? really think that it's important for young comics to produce shitty shows when the stakes are super low. Because A, it really, it, it doesn't cost you anything except time. Mm-hmm. It accelerates the learning curve and it gives you an awareness of what your like peer producers and what other producers are looking for and thinking about and the the shifting, moving parts of what makes a successful show. And I think yep. you need, like part of being a stand-up comic is knowing what makes a show good and not good, mm-hmm. right? Like being totally, able to yeah. walk into a space and be like, this would work for comedy versus this will not work for comedy. Yeah, and, and I think it, uh, <laughs> totally. And I, I think it also, there's like this, um, have you ever heard of Rob Bell? He's like a liberal kind of Christian ex-pastor type dude. Really interesting guy, very like hippy-dippy, right up my alley. 
Sure. But uh, he, like, sure, great. You got so, out here so. and got soft is what happened. I got very soft, but it's it's so beautiful out here. It's. <laughs> I hate. There's you. the cunty face. Yeah, there what? it is. Talking, ugh. Anyway, many, now you're, you're really not going to like what I'm about to say here. Great. <laughs> uh, so he, Tell me about your guru. This is my guru, Rob Bell. I haven't even read one of his books, but I just heard Ew. him. Like, I, I haven't. I haven't. You're going to paraphrase from a paraphrase? I, from a podcast that he was Jesus. on. Jesus. I'm a podcast guy. What can I say? Uh, but he was talking about there's uh, there's like old – there's different mindsets that you can approach the world with. One is that you're trying to fit in somewhere. You're just trying to be like accepted. You're like mm-hmm. touring around from different like – spot to spot seeing where you can be a cog in somebody else's machine yep. versus a more creative like i'm going to contribute to the world i'm going to like help uh you know if you want to get raise the, consciousness right we're like in a god sense you're, you're like i want to help create story. i'm going to help create the world with god instead of like seeing what god's going to give me right i mean i don't believe in that like guy sure. in the sky god but you're you know what i'm saying yeah god's like do you want to work for a company mm-hmm. or do you want to start a company right either way <laughs> there's going to be a company Mm-hmm. And it's gonna be a <laughs> god, so you might as well sure. pick one. Wait, did you grow up with? You grew up in North Carolina, kind of. We moved there. When Germany, I was nine. Germany, yeah, Germany, North Carolina. Wait, military, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even when I was in Germany, it was like being in the American South because I was on a military base. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, did you grow up with your parents religious or anything like that? Or? No, both of my parents gave up Catholicism before I was born. Uh, my parents, uh, my mother, eventually settled on the Unitarian Church. Oh, that, great! Yeah, yeah. That lasted until I started to want to sleep in on Sundays, <laughs> which happened right around like thirteen. Okay. Yeah. So you didn't go through like unitarian yeah. youth group nothing like that we did uh, yeah i did youth group uh <laughs> i did like from like nine to 13 i did you know unitarian sunday school uh-huh. and we did like a field trip what's and, that like what's unitarian sunday school like? it's real chill <laughs> like, <laughs> like no one thinks they know you know mm-hmm. it's sort of like be a good person you know humans are great and you can worship however you want to and Right after the youth group, we're going to have like a Wiccan meeting. So mm-hmm. if you want to stick around for that, that's, that's just chill. Just and, uh, soft L.A. bullshit. Yeah. Well, but in, in North, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a respite. They were like, gay people are dope. Uh, trans people are dope. Uh, Christmas is basically a celebration of birth. Mm-hmm. So let's not lose sight of that. <laughs> <laughs> Those people have to like, I feel like have to work extra hard in North Carolina, like carve out your own space. That's, your own little prob- niche. that's probably true in North Carolina at large. Yeah. But in Raleigh uh, and Chapel Hill, it's the, the go it along still to is. get along people are pretty liberal. That's true. I just remember going to a, like a Buddhist place in Raleigh and it's like, it shares a parking lot with like an exterminator. Yes. And I'm like, that's it, a, it's offensive that they should have to share that but, with it. It is hilarious. But it's too. just what you do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you don't have any kind of like religious baggage per se. I have a little bit of religious baggage for two reasons. First, uh, my mother, well, my parents together. Uh, this is, I can't, I gotta stop just blaming mom for shit. <laughs> my parents um, accidentally sent me to a pretty extreme religious summer camp for three weeks it just accidentally they thought that non-denominational meant uh secular um Mm. and those are not those two words are not equivalent non-denominational is like pentecostalism but without the snakes right it's a real right so i got saved and counseled and told and like you know i've had this contrarian personality my whole life and i was nine and not like functionally illiterate so i was just like (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but three weeks, you know, surrounded yeah. by all these people that think exactly the same thing and me being like, I don't think it's some, okay. Yeah. Um. So that was, that was trying. And then, you know, we got crazy pants, religious people in the family who would occasionally 
take their moment alone with me as an opportunity to espouse their oh god stupid pants florida christian cult nonsense (laughs) you know Uh uh-huh and and also i went to a public school in north carolina uh which was mostly staffed and attended by people who belonged to like one of three local mega churches right so it's a little bit uh I was just always the a fish out of water. Yeah, that's like that was something that I think uh I mean I was a you know ultimate Christian in terms of being a preacher's kid to my my Presbyterian father. Uh which I mean say father again. Father. Yeah. Try to sound less mad. <laughs> my Presbyterian father. My father. Now me and dad are actually on pretty decent terms these days. But oh, uh sweet. He, he's actually he's a great guy. Um and they're you know, as far as uh if I had to be born to a Presbyterian minister father, uh, we lucked out pretty well in that they're like, they were really chill with in terms of being liberal, being right. pro LGBT. Like I always knew a, uh, a, a woman pastor at our right. church. That's, that's so that was, huge. Those are like totally normal. But then I don't, I never think about like being at school, just how, yeah, everybody, you just felt assumed everybody was Christian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, Oh yeah, we're all Christian here. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Like, why would anybody object to saying right. like, uh, Jesus under Christ, God, my savior. Right. Yeah. yeah. Who are these people? And it was always me in the back going like, I'm going to be a future ACLU person and I have questions and I'm confident my dad's going to back me up because he's like practically retired. So, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so you, I get, I'm getting the vibe that you don't even, because there's some people that come on and that I get this vibe and I, I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. Do you think spirituality is like a bullshit concept? No, I think that we need, I think it's <sighs> a human wrong. need. Yeah. Um, I think that, yeah, I think it helps, like, we wouldn't have been able to build the pyramids or rows or, or cooperate on the level that we do if we weren't able to, uh, divide into teams and have some sense of, like, team loyalty. I think religion, um, is a great pro-social way to do that. The other way to do that is armies, and that's a, <laughs> that's a whole different thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, being able to get together and, and share... Uh, some like foundational values and have uh, a higher calling or a higher purpose unite people in ritual I think helps helps connect people and helps uh, bring meaning to our otherwise meaningless lives and you don't you don't exert a lot of energy to help you know do the almost impossible thing if you think your life is worthless or meaningless yeah so like I think it's I think it's a useful evolutionary tool for large scale uh cooperative projects which is what civilization is right so yeah well, religion being a, an aspect of that yeah i think religion is one of the tools of the toolbox that helped create civilization gotcha yeah yeah, yeah. but i don't like i don't do you see i don't a... think anyone's right or wrong like, yeah i don't yeah. you know i don't think if you you know put the t on the left as opposed to the right you'll upset the god with the <laughs> shitty hair like, like uh-huh. i like i don't think any of that shit yeah. matters uh, do you think uh i mean how do you view spirituality in relation to religion then do you feel are there's like two different things i think like kinda... religion religion's the dogma religion's the ritual and i think it you're playing whack-a-mole and it doesn't fucking matter so long as you all agree you know it doesn't the I don't think the rituals themselves matter. I think that having ritual matters. Mm. Uh, and in terms of spirituality, feels like more of an individual thing. Mm-hmm. Like religions that organized and spiritualities 
the individual's relationship to those feelings of ecstasy yeah. or awe or mm-hmm. interconnectedness or disgust or like whatever comes up for you. Yeah. And I think ritual, <laughs> I mean, I've started applying that in more of a utilitarian mm-hmm. standpoint in my own life with like yeah. habits, like having good habits. Yeah. And like, shit. Yeah. My yoga practice is the closest thing I have to a religious exercise mm-hmm. and it makes me feel better and I love it. And just the, those moments of peace and gratitude and like inhaling into my body and feeling connected to the room but you know we have a shared breath and like the you know the bowl and all mm-hmm. of that shit like i don't i'm not i don't know anything about yeah yeah the rest of it but like <laughs> i i know that i feel better in my body when i mm-hmm. gather with a group of people and like do motion together and yeah. then leave that body awareness that cultivating yes. that mindfulness yes yeah yeah wait do you meditate too I mean that only Just in through, yeah like, when they tell me to lie down poses. and breathe yeah. and isn't that kind of what meditation? Yeah, is? basically. And yeah, so I meditate in yoga. I mean, yeah, there's a there's a thousand ways to you can um, med- meditate and skin a cat meditating and all that. But mm-hmm. uh, and what about are you a, are you a drug person? Are you a druggy? <laughs> I like drugger? I like smoking pot. Okay. Um, I do not like smoking pot as much as other people I know who smoke way more pot and seem to enjoy it there's, way more than I do. Yeah, there's always gonna be somebody. Same with yeah. alcohol. I like to drink, but you know, mm-hmm. not as much as that guy that pisses his pants every weekend. Right, right. Um, I will do Adderall to do taxes mm-hmm. or complete tasks. Um, not like every day, but like a couple of times a year. Yeah, I do it. Um, I like Valium to go home for the holidays. Um, I'm curious about like DMT, LSD, all of that shit. I've enjoyed mushrooms mm-hmm. a couple of times in my life. But I think to call me a druggie would be like a stretch. Uh-huh. I've done drugs. I'm not squeamish with drugs. Uh-huh. I've never done heroin. I've never done meth. I've never done uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oxy, which I think is just the pill form of heroin. Yeah. Uh, oh, the the I probably have done oxy. I've had surgeries and stuff. Um, but that's not doing. That's not doing. Well, I don't know. The line between taking oxy and doing oxy mm-hmm. is actually porous and thin. <laughs> Literally, although I, I guess you technically, if you're doing it, you're like gonna grind it up so you can like take it. Oh huge... yeah, no, I've never done. No, I've only I've just taken so it'd be the like pills. a time release thing with the pill form. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and it, and because I associate it with surgery, I've, I'm just like mm, I feel constipated. It's not like mm-hmm. this is sick. Yeah, <laughs> this is great. And yeah, and I I mean, and by the way, thank you for listing literally every drug that you've like done and like your whole experience. Mm-hmm. I was not expect that's that's the honesty I come to expect from well, Caitlin Bailey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm like, well, let's go through it. Yeah, like, let's, well, let's, well, just let's say let it. you decide. Yeah, I've done X, <laughs> yeah. Y, and Z, X number of times. But like I've I, I got addicted ish to Adderall when I was running campaigns and now I use it sporadically and it's mm-hmm. always task focused. I've never done it. Is it I mean it's like it's, speed, right? It's speed. Yeah. It's yeah. fuck it like if you need if if you have a if you need to pull an all nighter as an adult Adderall is your friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and for me, I, and I've gone back and forth between, like, I was a major pothead in North Carolina. Then, I mean, obviously moving out here, only only getting better. Do you have your card? I actually don't have it right now. Do you have pot here? Uh, I have a little bit left, but. Uh, Are you going to share or you're not going to share? We, well, I'm, we'll, we'll talk after the podcast. You don't want to talk about it on the podcast? Well, I don't I don't have that much. Look, I don't want to take food out of your mouth. Okay, it's fine. Well, okay, like, no, you just, we can talk about it. Your I'll, southern you know hospitality what? is being overridden by your up. feeling of lack and uh, 
you neediness I, and neediness yeah. and it's like, like two things one pot is not a difficult resource to come by in in california you're right you're right right uh and you know you can't be holding your guests responsible for your the holes in your schedule <laughs> or whatever it is that led to this false sense of scarcity yeah but um you know it's i would think that the southern I'll hospitality be, you know what? would override whatever uh, feelings of, of scarcity and lack and I'll see if I uh, can cultivate my generosity uh, mm-hmm. a little bit later uh, but I do think uh, straight up manipulation <laughs> <laughs> straight up yeah yeah. this is not very southern lady of me the southern lady would never ask mm-hmm. you know and I just feel weird I guess why I feel this the resistance talking about it for me personally is that are you I, still worried that people are gonna like not hire you or like oh no arrest that, you for, oh, that okay. I'm, I'm over but uh, the <laughs> It's more of, I don't even, I go back and forth between whether I should, uh, I don't smoke that much anymore. I smoke like on the weekends now, mm-hmm. but I don't, even, sometimes I wonder if I should even do that. Cause like I see the pros and cons for it from, even from like a standpoint of like being more productive and being more social, like being able to yes. put I, more out in the world and then also be a better person. And sometimes it helps with that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Sometimes. But I think it's, it's a net negative on that. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. And I, th- I really like Sarah Silverman's, uh, position which is like make it a treat right or um, there's a the, the old louis line louis ck line where he's like i it's like never do drugs so that when you do them they're great or something like yeah, that. yeah yeah never yeah. do drugs so that when you do them they're great that's great something like that i love yeah. his line to his kid of like drugs are so good they'll ruin your life that's how drugs work <laughs> right. uh, that's how good drugs are yeah um this is uncouth and uh also inappropriate and i don't want to fuck up your whole flow but is it possible for us to take a break um yeah 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 we can cool. take a break. Great. We need to do that. Let's do it. Sorry. No. And we're back. Great. I have to I have to say that I feel like one of the gifts that being a New Yorker has given me is mm-hmm. just the willingness to be a cunt in other people's stories. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like just like I I was taking like a <laughs> yeah. nine hour train ride and normally like Southern me would like contain myself and mm-hmm. like make sure that I sat near the window and like opened mm-hmm. up the thing and then you know, made like friendly eye kind of people. So they felt like welcome or whatever. And then New York may just like aimed my butthole to the aisle. And every time I thought people were boarding, I was just farting as aggressively <laughs> as possible with my headphones and pretending to sleep. Like just uh-huh. like, don't fuck with me. <laughs> Stay the fuck away. Don't do it. I mean, is that really, is that like, that's what they always say about New York that everybody's fucking hostile and on edge and shit. Is You're that true? T- you, well, you start to, you, you realize that personal space uh, and free time and alone time are precious resources Premium. and you fight to protect them. And wow. so yeah, that's, yeah. so we you know people are like, will you come to my party? I think New Yorkers are more willing to be like, no, <laughs> no, I won't. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're more like, Oh, I'll see if I can swing by later. Which is, I think it's crueler and up. shittier. Cause if I buy chips for a bunch of would love to see us, mm-hmm. Fuck you. Whereas New Yorkers are like, nah, I'm not going to... Is it... Oh, it's in Queens? I can't. Yeah, it's I can't. On a Sunday? Are you stupid? What are you... No. Yeah, we're we're the kings of keeping it open-ended and just ghosting and then never showing up in the first place. Yeah, that's uh, that's terrible. And it's actually specifically what the Cake Comedy Tour's relationship with Kickstarter is meant to uh, solve for. Wait, what's that? Well, like, we... You know, if you're, if you're going on the road with an independent, self-funded tour uh-huh. and, like... 300 people are like Facebook RSVP. And so you book like a 200 oh, seat venue yeah, yeah. and then 10 of them show up. 
you are fucked yeah. on a financial level that's really difficult to dig yourself out of. Yeah. Um, so with we are pre-selling tickets for upcoming tour through Kickstarter. Cool. So not only do you have to RSVP, but you have to put your money where your fucking mouth is. Mm-hmm. And if we don't hit a minimum guaranteed of pre-sales, then uh, we don't go. Yeah, let's so go to the fucking Kickstarter. Plug, yeah. plug that shit. Mm-hmm. Just plug it, plug it right up. Mm-hmm. Um, what we were getting at? Drugs, whatever. You are talking about that for a while. I was talking about drugs. Sorry, I had to go, but I had a cup of coffee an hour ago, and it just hit my, my body. The, alar- oh, no, the alarm went off in my body. It was just <laughs> like, you're going to take care of this now, or you're going to make everyone really uncomfortable? It, no, it's fine. I, I I do... There was like... I remember when I first started smoking weed, it was like... It felt life-changing. It felt mm-hmm. like I can see the world in a totally different way. And I think with like psychedelics, especially too, like the mushrooms, my, mushrooms there was like... You know, it's one thing to know that everybody has a different point of view and that, that your own little mental movie is uh, fungible. Yes. But then like mushrooms and marijuana, when you first start using it, I feel like made me viscerally be like, oh, wow. Like I could feel that. Truth. Yeah, you become more aware of what you don't know. And I think that's the big that, that that's been the big takeaway message through my comedy is kind of like, fuck what you think you know about this thing. And part of it is being the daughter of a veteran mm-hmm. who's married to like a hippie and mm-hmm. they can't see eye to eye, but I understand both of them. And then having grown up in Germany and the American South, which are like cultural opposites of each other. And then having done politics and now comedy, which I think are similar skill set, but perception wise, radically different yeah. politicians or political activists by definition think they're right. And one of the gift that we give artists generally, but comedians more specifically is the right to just be wrong about shit and that is huge when i see politicians like you make a career by cultivating a certain image of yourself Mm -hmm. like you're you're building up a totally false image in the case of most politicians it's like pop stars right but but (laughs) But at least then there's like oh there's glitter right and then with comedians (laughs) i I really do think the best comedians are people who strip away more and more of their own bullshit yes and then they're just like you know what this is who the fuck i am yes i i agree and it, it is interesting to me that we really we hold our politicians to a standard that like we we allow more moral flexibility in our fictional characters, right? Um, with the inex- weird exception of Donald Trump, where we're all just like, <laughs> right. we just sort of want to see how this movie ends. I guess yeah. I don't know. We're not ready to give up on the main character that we love to hate. Yeah, like, what is this? I mean, I, that's what I think of like religious leaders too, being in that same boat of like we want them to be you know perfect or whatever. We're like the most pissed off when they show themselves to be hypocritical. But then I wonder who's going to be like the Trump of like the religious world. Somebody who's just like a oh. total hedonist. Is that guy already there? Is yeah, that of Tony course. Robbins? That, yeah, that guy's are of course already there. I think they're like television evangelicals that raise money from poor people. Oh yeah, and live extravagant lifestyles. I guess and yeah, leverage yeah, the, the extravagance one, yeah. of their lifestyle as evidence that God loves all of their choices yeah. and, and sell to their poor, desperate, sick uh, congregation right. that um, being poor is punishment from God for right. for some person. Yeah, no, fuck those people. Yeah, I just feel like, and I, I wish there was somebody who, and I guess you, you see sometimes some people who are like have gotten sober and will talk about their fucked up times. So you don't see, I, I, nobody's coming to mind of somebody who's like, you know what we can i can be like a religious leader who's honest about like yeah sometimes you know i you know i fuck up i sleep around or like i have this weird sexual kink that i like by the way i'm totally kink positive and like i've 
gone into that world. You gave me a face like I You've wasn't. You've gotten so soft out here. <laughs> what? <clears throat> kink positive. Whatever. I, it's fine. I'm also kink positive. Listen, I'm a member of the Los kink This is Los Angeles. This is a city of acceptance, God damn diversity, it. and love. Okay. Well, New York doesn't give a fuck about people, and that is the foundation <laughs> upon which we've built great things in art. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I wish there was like... That's I something think, that, I, I, that's got to exist. Like, there's got to be. I mean, for one thing, there are absolutely LGBT religious leaders out oh, there. Oh yeah, definitely. That yeah. had to uh, exist during a period of time when LGBT was considered, you know, the, mm-hmm. some sexual deviation. Yeah, yeah. So I'm confident that that is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the the other stuff of like, I I doubt very seriously that there's somebody as chill with their monsters as like comedians are. Yeah, I don't think yeah. that there's a pastor out there going like, what? I fucking drink. That's who I am. That's like, whatever, <laughs> you know, bitches are going to deal with it. Like, I don't think there's right, right. like that, but, uh, I think that's more of a, a tonal issue than a, yeah, yeah. I guess I, I mostly get frustrated by like the sex stuff. Like it's a weird thing that, they, the, it's either like a, it's a total it's, negative relationship whenever it is brought up. It's it, rarely brought up in any kind so, of positive light. It's so fucking retarded to me because like we, um, coming is, is a, an incredible experience. Right. And like to try to vilify that or to, to sully it, we get to just pick what we give a fuck about. And the fact that we all settled on making sex shittier, mostly for women, seems really dumb to me. Yeah. Like the fact that like it, it upsets me that we don't think about pleasure as a part of like the the sex education experience it's bullshit to me that we seem willfully ignorant about female sexual response it upsets me that we we, we've basically come to the conclusion that like if it feels good it's bad for you which is the opposite of how bodies work if it feels good it's fucking amazing that's why exercise Mm -hmm. feels great that's why eating well feels great that's why drinking enough water feels great and we every i believe that we could have, we could solve all of our social problems if we just added self-reported orgasms to the 2020 census. I don't know, <laughs> like, I, I, I don't have, I don't know how things would change, but if we just started giving a fuck about whether or not people, mostly women, are coming, yeah. we and we started reorienting and organizing society, use the power of the federal government to like zero in on this issue, and everyone just started coming more, <laughs> we would be better. Yeah. What, all of it. I mean, I know you're joking, but I also, you know, no, I, 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 you're not, I'm, you're I'm, not, but you're. I'm joking, yeah. but I'm not wrong. Right. Yeah. And I think what it's like, we were saying about like how amazing coming is. I think part of what's amazing, and I, I've said this a bunch on this podcast before. Yeah, we're connecting and we're getting a little less selfless in that moment. Like yeah. you're when you not only when you're making somebody else come, but when you're coming yourself, you're yes. sort of temporarily out of your body, out of like and that's what I love about getting like primal, you it's know. It's free. Yeah. Uh some most of the time. Um <laughs> it's uh the the risks are really mitigatable, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're talking condoms and communication. Mm-hmm. Like it's not actually a high risk activity. Yeah, yeah. Um it's good for you, right? It's fit like, um, and it's an indicator of sexual and emotional health. Yeah. Um, most of the drugs that we're on are a replacement for coming more frequently. Mm-hmm. If we were all just coming more, we'd need fewer dumb drugs. <laughs> it's true. And I, that's why I'm like, 
this is something I feel like is going to eventually happen uh, in culture. It might be another 10, 20 years, but I, I do feel like prostitution is going to be legalized, and it I, sh- think I think it should be. New Hampshire and Hawaii are already floating bills to decriminalize it. Mm-hmm. Nevada is the only state in the union with legal prostitution, right? Um, and that's a huge problem because like they're, they're the only state in the union with legal prostitution, and also they have the highest arrest rate per capita mm-hmm. for prostitutes because they legalized it in a super dumb yeah. way decriminalization i think is the way to go but uh new hampshire and hawaii are responding amnesty international officially changed their their position on this so they are they have come out publicly officially in favor of decriminalizing prostitution in order to reduce disease and violence uh within the sex industry which is true if you're interested in reducing disease and violence then arresting people that admit to doing it is not the way to do either of those things totally yeah yeah. i mean black markets do things that black markets do right i mean it's, that's why it's like the exact same I, th- I think there's a lot of parallels with the the drug uh, yeah. prohibition you know and it's, or alcohol right i think there's just something in humans where we just there's always a move over the course of our history towards more and more freedom and more and yes. more like no you're wrong say what you're wrong am i wrong yeah how am i wrong you're confusing um, the way that history was taught to you in textbooks and like your life and the story that we tell ourselves about how history works with like how history actually works. Mm-hmm. You know, history did not begin in 1776. We've had 10,000 years and we've seen civilizations rise and fall. We've seen feminism rise and fall. We've seen, we've had older societies that embraced prostitutes sure, and, and trans people. Sure, especially like ancient and, Rome and yeah. Yeah, no, just ancient Rome, but also like the, the Aztec empire here, the ancient mm-hmm. Egypt, Egyptians. Um, you know, civilizations whose names we don't know because, you know, the burning of the Library of Alexandria. Right. But I think it is uh, myopic and an oversimplification to believe that all of human history is a is a, um, a, a rugged or scattered march towards progress. I yeah. think that we can actually, you know, like like looking at the secular liberalism of Germany before mm. the mm. Third Reich. Sure. Like, this is, let's not kid ourselves. It is possible to go backwards. We've seen many, 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 many great liberal civilizations uh, before us have sure. succumbed to the opposite of progress. Right. Well, if you're uh, if you're interested in myopic generalizations, this is the podcast Perfect. for myopic generalizations. Sorry. No, but it, no, you're like right. Your name called you. No, you're, you're right, though, in that. Uh, to me, I guess I see it more of like a, almost like a like a stock market graph. I mm-hmm. feel like there are times when the market will fucking tank and we will yes. go towards that fascism. But then in the long run, we are, I think, is he, and I actually did take a, like a, an American history and sexuality or whatever mm-hmm. course in college. I remember learning about how fucking randy the like 20s were yes. in the 30s like people were like very there was the, actually a the period 1890s, of 1890s there was a period of sexual uh freedom where they like they they, yeah. they were basically like anti-slut shaming women right <laughs> um there were state paid abortions in this country before the 1890s like so in charleston south carolina um, a lot of women would go to the local hospital to get an abortion for free, paid for by the state, because that hadn't been criminalized yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the, the the criminalization happens between 1890 and 1920 as a reaction to some of these social movements. And it's at the same time that we get temperance, at the same time that we get suffrage, at the same time that we get the Jim Crow laws. It's all a part of this like big moralizing engine for like we gotta make society more rigid in ways that I think it should be, whether uh-huh. it's 
you know, so it's like stop drinking, uh, stop fucking, uh, definitely stop paying for sex, uh, <laughs> and also stop hanging out with black people. It was like all part of the same yeah. group of, of ideas. Yeah. And that, that's something too I, I think about with like with prostitution specifically. And um, I guess I, I can like think of it as from the guy standpoint. Sure. And I, you know what? And I've, I guess I've mentioned it in this podcast before. I've paid for the like massage parlor type shit. Mm-hmm. I've paid for a prostitute once or twice in my life. Sure. And it's, uh, I've it's been really, paid to have sex. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, it's so, so much of the problems of it come from the illegality of it. And Absolutely. The stigma. The stigma. The stigma. And yeah. um, the stigma is more of a killer than the sex work. And most sex really workers is. I know fear rape and violence uh, from the state more than mm. they fear it from uh, clients. Because yeah. they, we, we have checks in the, you know, in any. Um, you know, informal economy or like underground <laughs> thing. Yeah. You know, like they're like, how do you know the booker is going to pay you? Well, your friends did that room and he paid them. And so you're sort of trusting that like right. it there's works out. The same. Of, yeah. There's yeah. a little network of like sort of, and it's informal and it's flawed and it's, and it's, it, it, it's not perfect. And a lot of women die, but it could be made safer, but it exists. But there's no check and balance on the power of like a police raids and right. what they're allowed to do uh, to women they're arresting. Yeah, and it's so weird to me. Like, I feel like it's just the illegality of it. Just there's certain people who are just such law and order type people that that has such an it's influence. It's illegal, right? It's like an it's, but it's a real influencer on right. a lot of people. Of like, drugs are legal, therefore there must be a reason they're right. legal. Therefore they're bad. Same with sex. I know whatever. it's so funny to me. I'm like, we, you know, we get to just make that shit up, right? Yeah, right. Like it's just some dude in Congress that's like, I don't like whatever. And it's like here, okay. Also. Sex paying for sex is never going to be as good as having sex with somebody you love. We're not we're not like threatening love to No one is threatening love. We're not threatening love here. But I do feel like there Maybe are times Maybe we can keep men in a loving marriage uh during those weird times like uh postpartum um and chemo. Well, there's a lot I mean, what I'm passionate about is there's a lot I know there's a lot of sad lonely men out there yes. who have no ability like they just don't have the social skills. They don't have the and ability or would be better if they were coming more. It re- I it honestly really would. It really all comes back. If re- they enjoyed I, I really a shared that. orgasm with another human being, they would be better at their job. They would take better care of themselves. Oh, yeah. They'd be less irritating to their grandchildren. They would drink less. It's a they'd, massive it, it, effect on your mental health. It's huge. Yeah. They'd and, be less creepy at bars. I mean, so why don't we, why they're like sex therapists should be people who are therapists who are actually having sex with their clients. Those exist. Well, <laughs> they should be, they should be legalized. So I should be able to get it on healthcare. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like it should be, but I should be like should, a $20 copay. I think we're going to need to pay for abortion before we get there. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm not in terms of priorities. It's how pissed would the pro-choice movement be if we covered Viagra and <laughs> sex therapists as prostitutes, but still refuse to foot the bill for birth oh control and abortion? Uh, well, that, yeah, I mean, I guess from my, yeah, that would be fucked up. From my LA liberal standpoint, it's like, of course. No, yeah. I mean, I get it. I think it would be a step in the right direction, and also like, fuck you. Yeah. But I, I can we can all dream of that that world. Just not with the that would be so fucked up. Yeah. Um wait, did I tell you about the, the gimmick of this show? No, no, I don't know. Oh, we we have a little bit of time. Are, do you, are you good on time? I don't I I don't know. <laughs> probably probably. Cool. I don't have to be anywhere until three ish. Okay, cool. Um 
there's a we have about like ten minutes or left or ish. I, there's a part where we make up a religion if we want to. All right, yeah, I'm I'm, I got, on, I'm I got, on board. I got like a questionnaire. We'll walk through it. Yeah, let's do it. it Could be silly, serious, whatever the fuck. So, um, I'm I'm very serious. About very this. serious about this. Yes. I can I can tell. Uh, so in this religion, this made up religion that you want to exist, whatever you could be a part of it, you could be a leader of it if you want to. You don't have to be. Yeah. Etc. What kind of god structure do we want? Do we want goddess? Goddess. And multiples. Multiple goddesses. Yeah, I think I Boom. yeah. I think um I think that we are happier as a people um if we have uh multiple gods. Um I think it's why the Catholic Church had the saint system and I think it's why um it's nice to have different kinds of gods for different kinds of people to connect to. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. And but they're all goddesses. No. Okay. I think you can have gods and goddesses, but mm-hmm. it's very, very important that female deities are included. Absolutely. It doesn't have to just be female deities, but female deities must be included. Well, that's what always blew my mind about like that most Christian denominations didn't have women preachers for most of their existence. Mary Magdalene, if if all we did was just re elevate Mary Magdalene to mm-hmm. her proper position in the early Christian church, we would solve a lot of the gender problems yeah. that we're having now. And the 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 uh the sex worker issue too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like how much more clear can you be than Jesus like hanging out with it, Yeah, Jesus was hanging out with horse. It, yeah. it was all chill. And it was fine. It was great. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, she knows things. <laughs> She's seen shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of overarching ethos or like main message would you want this religion to have? I would want it to be oriented. I think that birth and death are ultimately the realm of the feminine um, as evidenced by birth. Cause like we make people with our body and there's nothing not magical about that. <laughs> and also the, the nursing and like end of life care that mm. tends to be in this society and another sort of a femme centric, like, yeah. you know thing we're, we're ushering and also the choice to like kill fetuses or infanticide or whatever like we've been the arbiters of birth and death for for mm. a long time and i think reorienting things around the ritual of uh re sacrifying that stuff yeah would be would be important and also like meals and bathing and like the kind of the daily rituals that keep us happy and sane and connected ought to be more ritualized. Um, we should raise them in importance. Like, brush your teeth not just for for yourself, but also like for the god of teeth who likes teeth to good feel teeth. good teeth, teeth, yeah. teeth, teeth. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm making that, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Uh, what kind of like rules in this religion? What kind of is there a sense of sin or do- do's or don'ts? Yeah, I think uh, I'd want the I'd want the um, especially today since we have so much really good science around like what makes people happy and healthy, I would really like to hook up with uh, encouraging pro-social healthy um, things and discouraging antisocial stuff. So I like in my religion, it would be shameful uh, to accumulate so much wealth that like greed would be discouraged. Yeah. Um, and lust would be encouraged. Mm. Um, uh, anger or, um, seeing things from other people's perspective would be encouraged. So there'd be like a lot of parables about 
people being like, that guy fucked me over. Mm-hmm. But actually, with more information, I now realize that he was between a rock and a hard place his damn self. Uh-huh. Oh, if only we'd communicated. Mm-hmm. We could have solved this war. Well, that's like, <laughs> that, that, that leads into my next question. Yeah. What's the holy text of this? It'd be a book full of parables like it, that. Probably, but yeah, I, I, lo- I love storytelling, so it would probably be a book full of parables. And all of the gods would be their own characters and these characters would be deeply flawed but like still good people so there'd be lots and lots of room for uh you know people who were like kind of surly but like still good people like you know so it it, it would be a the kind of religion where whoever you are you could find somebody to connect to cool yeah um what kind of is there any kind of regular gathering whether it's weekly monthly I think, like I think weekly or, uh, gatherings you know, seem to be a thing that we really like. We like a, a good week we schedule. We really like a good... I th- so I think it would, it would, we'd need to map on to, you know, we'd need a, a winter... You know, we need something like that happens around Christmas, you know, the winter solstice, summer mm-hmm. solstice. I think it would be seasonal-based, and it would be, like, rhythms of the world-based, but we'd have your regular weekly meetings. Uh, and then, of course, that would be a place where other people could choose to meet more you know mm-hmm. it's like kind of like your improv troops right you know <laughs> sure, you got your yeah, weekly yeah. class and you got your extra shit yeah yeah if you want it and then there'd be big things like you know you'd have your big winter festival celebrating some winter shit you'd have your big summer festival celebrating some summer shit and then there'd mm-hmm. be like a what happens when a baby is born thing and then there'd be like a what happens when uh people make each other come so hard that they want to combine property like let's come up <laughs> with a thing for that you know <laughs> you know like what so yeah, yeah very reflective of nature yeah and sync yeah. with nature yeah of course and yeah and i'd look to i'd look to nature and i'd look to things that make us feel good and there'd be there and i, be, I believe that things that make you feel good are healthy for you like i don't i don't and and i don't mean like shoving your face full of like you know, high fructose corn syrup i know that you think that makes you feel good but it doesn't actually like i i think that our bodies are smart and they tell us to do things that are good for us and i think that we pathologize and criminalize and judge a whole swath of human behavior that we've decided isn't good for you that is actually great for everyone right like coming super hard (laughs) yeah Come super hard as often as you can. Everything in your life will get better. Mm-hmm. And the the thing with like the the bad eating stuff, um, yeah, that, that made me think of like uh, something my friend uh, Sarah Franklin, if she ever listened to this, probably won't. Uh, but she said this or like there's a distinction between uh, doing things that make you feel good, but make or make you feel happy. Sometimes they're the same. Yes. Sometimes things that make you feel good make you feel happy. But sometimes th- things that will temporarily make you feel good. I think that we yeah. are happiest when we are pursuing a goal that makes us feel like we're a part of something larger than ourselves. That's like almost too hard. Mm-hmm. I think that like when we're working with other people to achieve a thing that feels almost impossible, slightly is impossible, when, yeah. is when we are the happiest. So like that's cool. So, I really like that. So it yeah. would, so a big part of the religion would be like encouraging the like hero journey kind of stuff. You yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I dig that. Um. So at these weekly gatherings, is there music? Is there uh, definitely music? We're definitely mm-hmm. going to be doing some like lighting tricks. Let's not like reinvent the wheel. Like uh-huh. candles, obviously, huge mm-hmm. thing. You know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Candles, statues. We're going to want to encourage our artists to like do art shit. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I think it would be storytelling. Uh, from the same way the Bible is sort of taught, you know, you tell a story from the Bible and then you try to figure out how that might like apply to your bull- dumb bullshit because your dumb bullshit is probably not that different from shit that was going down in Bible days. Yeah. People are fucking people, mm-hmm. whether they have iPhones or like a camel problem. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, is there any prayer, meditation, yoga? Yes, probably. I would. I. I, I don't want to uh, appropriate. <laughs> yeah, I know that yoga is already a part of another religion, uh-huh. <laughs> but right. like. I think moving um, in sequence to music in ways that make people feel good is great. Whether it's a dance party or oh, whether fucking it's... fucking love dancing. Yeah, yeah dancing is great. Um, I'd want to. I'd want to incorporate elements of like the, like we know things about like from theater about how to make large groups of people. Yeah. You're, you're coming together to share in what amounts to a theatrical experience to get everyone in the same room to go through an emotional journey together. Um, it, we can incorporate music. We can incorporate lighting. We can incorporate uh, movement. Um, we're certainly incorporating community, but it's about bringing people together for a shared emotional experience that heightens the power of the lessons that we're trying to teach, which is all about like pro-social cooperation and going after things that make your life more meaningful. God damn just killed that answer thank you you're just like psh, 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 psh. Pew, pew, pew. some people are like yeah i like i like dancing i like yeah sure fucking move your body i don't care <laughs> I, but i don't have a lot you know whatever no, downward facing dog i don't care what you call it right, like, right. i don't care it's just uh yeah but again no need to reinvent the wheel moving is great mm-hmm. uh, where are these taking place what's the venue um i think soul cycle is the closest i found <laughs> <laughs> no they happen in places have you been to one yeah uh, yeah it's is a it cult great? it's it's a religious experience mm-hmm. yes i should go to one sometime it's a religious experience uh-huh. yeah the first time i went i threw up because uh i couldn't they strap you too I, much soul i showed up late and so the music is turned up like loud enough to quote drown out your negative thoughts. Wow. And the really? room is heated, so it's like hot. Uh-huh. And then they strap me into the the bike thing and I just downed an ice Wait, coffee. They strap you in? Yeah, like you can't like they buckle you in. No, like they connect like you have special shoes on and the shoes that you're in are connected to the bike in a special way and like if you know how to unsnap yourself then it's super easy. But if you don't know how to unsnap yourself, it is not intuitive. Wow. So I downed an iced coffee because I'm fucking arrogant. And I like <laughs> show up to this thing and they strap me in and I start pedaling. And it's, like, it's really fucking intense. Yeah. Like 15 minutes in, I started throwing up on myself. So I'm like screaming for the instructor's like attention. And he's like being a deity. So like there's no way that that. And no one can hear me because the music is turned up loud enough to drown out not just your negative thoughts, but also my cries for help. So like I was just. There, covered in vomit uh, and crying, <laughs> and reliving all of my worst middle school gym nightmares. Uh-huh. So that was my in- first encounter with Soul Cycle. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So that's where you would have went this religion. Yeah, yeah, and I'm definitely going to want to encourage a lot of like public vomiting uh, okay, cool. and and moments where you you look your demons in the eye. Uh huh. Uh, is there any kind of youth group or Sunday school for yeah, this? Yeah, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think there's a reason it's own... ubiquitous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like let the kids hang out among themselves. Yeah, slightly. Uh, intermixed i'd want i'd want an intermixing of kids and i'd want um yeah you know you want to encourage those those relationships Mm -hmm. so you know you get somebody who likes hanging out with kids but like not too much uh you know is there any uh volunteering or mission work stuff absolutely all of the things that make the things that make church great are like it's a gathering place of people who are then asked to uh think about their shared values and like making pro-choice pro-choice uh social choices <laughs> pro social <laughs> choices, choices. Yes. there we go also that, that are sometimes pro-choice yeah sometimes pro-choice <laughs> i was like what is happening 
So uh, we didn't smoke, by the way. Just we for didn't. the audience. We no. did not. No, I took a break to take a shit, not to blow up a bowl. <laughs> so anyway, um, I, yeah, I think that you, it would be stupid not to utilize that energy um or like yeah of course you want to encourage people to volunteer and do their yeah, yeah. their things uh oh and and to achieve those slightly impossible yeah absolutely things. yes yes anyway that's what i was like what the fuck was i i was gonna connect it before and then no but like religion yeah. any massive like cooperation like we can encourage people to do incredible things like oh yeah people with almost no tools are able to build like great monuments like for whatever their god is because they they go to a gathering place and they're told to do this thing and it's mm-hmm. organized and like you know, I mean, it, I'm going to say some more soft L.A. bullshit, but when we work together, we can mm. achieve. I mean, but really, when we work together, when we work together, we can achieve incredible things. I also would want in this religion there to be two things that I think are missing from uh, contemporary religion that we need. First is some kind of redemptive ritual where people who have harmed the community or people in the community are able to re-enter the Ooh, community. I really like that. Yeah. Uh, having gone through a thing. Now, I think it should be like physical, emotional, spiritual. I think that like a spiritual leader should have to walk you through the process of like finding empathy and understanding what it is that you did, and then you should have to do like a task that mm-hmm. like is challenging. But some kind of ritual that brings people who have been excluded from the community back into the community after they have done harm we don't yeah. have enough of that right I, now we totally. just we just I've label never thought about that we yeah. just label people wrong or bad and that, like they're and, gone forever right whether it's racist or rapist uh or um you know pedophile like whatever like right. the wide swath of human behaviors we need some ability to bring people back into the community and we don't have that right now and two i know a lot of religions have this but I want it to be better. Some kind of coming of age ceremony that differentiates and divides a childhood experience from an adult experience that is uh, genuinely challenging. Like a thing that is like genuinely uh, a, a thing where you can be like, I'm a man or like, I'm a woman. So or, like more I'm, like Native American taking the yeah, kid into the woods, making yeah. him like find his way back. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm an adult. And, it, and I don't think that the gender stuff is that important. Like, I think that you can have, uh, you know, but but some kind of, like, independence, uh, adultness thing where you force the community to, like, change the way that they interact with you. Yeah. And there's you, some deviation. See if that bird can fly. Yeah. On its own. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there any outreach slash marketing slash evangelism for this? How are you getting people? I don't know. I think we're probably all doing a lot of super psychedelics and coming super hard. I think that like, <laughs> you don't, you know, like we're going to be. You'll fine. hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there any sense of afterlife in this? Interconnectedness generally, but like, nah, I think, I think it's more of a, I think it's more of a presence uh, focused religion. I sure. think it's, and it, maybe future oriented in terms of like we're building things for the future understanding that we are connected like we come from a past and we are aiming for a future Mm -hmm. but i don't think that it's about collecting enough gold stars to get (laughs) into like the higher level of heaven like i don't 
I I don't I reject the idea of rewards and punishments in the afterlife mm-hmm. and want to focus more on rewards and punishments in the after memory. So I want you to care more about the memories and institutions and like body of work and impact that you are leaving behind and in terms of like thinking of yourself as part of an interconnected story rather than focusing on like where you're going with all of your whatever. Like not so much. Yeah. Then afterlife isn't about your consciousness. It's about your legacy. It's exactly. Yeah. Yes. Very cool. So that would probably be the focus. And then finally, uh, what do we call this thing? Um, What's the title? Um, um, so we got uh, gods and goddesses. We got uh, things about legacy. We got things about, uh, we got a lot coming, a lot of mushrooms. Yeah. What do we call this thing? Hmm. We don't want it to be too cheesy. I don't want it to feel like a like a strip mall religion, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to be too hack about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like. I like. Christ- I swear to. We could do a lot of this if we took. Like this is a lot of this is pretty close to like Unitarianism but just with an elevation of like more characters in the stories. Yeah. Um, and more illegal shit. No, currently illegal shit. Whatever. That's all changeable. No, Christianity was originally like outlawed. Right. Um, Cause they were like, I'm not trying to poo poo this religion. I think it sounds great. I don't know. Something about burning and like, like cycles, something about like, like from the ashes. Yeah. I don't know. We've got a birth and death thing. Is there, there's a birth and death thing and a like, but, it, but the whole, we did, whole we did literally talk about soul cycles, soul cycles. Yeah. <laughs> put that out there. Um, the whole religion would really be about going out there and achieving and feeling, uh, and like grabbing your own life by the balls and like, experiencing it like whether the coming of age story encourages you to like take risks or the you know but it's, it's about experiencing the whole breadth of human experience yeah. um and experiencing the whole breadth of human experience mm-hmm. i get better at writing <laughs> um yeah like life stories or like you know life stories is great or like the story the story now that sounds like a great cult name Right? Yeah, the story. The story. Yeah, because it's all about, it's all about living the best story. Mm-hmm. I could talk a lot about stories, but yeah, I like that. And I think that's ultimately what religions are. Like you know, a my really f- compelling story. You know, my with favorite like a meetup group. You know, my favorite cheesy LA quote is what? We are not made of atoms, but stories. <laughs> okay. But we are, right? Sure. <laughs> Every atom has a story. Sounds weirdly sexist. (laughs) Well, Caitlin, uh, this is great. This was great. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to reconnect. It's cool that we went to opposite coasts. Yeah. We're both still doing comedy. Yeah, I love it. And then we got to connect here. This is cool. Where can uh, people, Kate Comedy Tour. Kate Comedy Tour. We're on Twitter, Kate Comedy. We've got a website, Kate Comedy. I'll I'll have links to all that shit. Great. Uh, Follow me on Twitter. I'm a delight. Uh, Caitlin Bailey. It's a solid Twitter account. Thank you for that very much. Yeah. yeah, my parents misspelled my name, which makes me stupid easy to find. <laughs> it's K A Y T L I N Bailey B A I L E Y. So yeah, follow- Twitter's my favorite social media platform. Um, yeah, fuck Snapchat. 
I don't even have. I don't okay. have Snapchat. I don't have Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I hate it in you. Uh, not you, right. but the general I you. hate it. Yeah, yeah the yeah. general you. I like Twitter. It's my that's my favorite. Right on. Um, I'm performing. I do that. So I don't know where you people where, are, but I might be or, there. And yeah, whenever you are, whenever you're listening to this, just find find yeah, Caitlin. Find, yeah, find Caitlin and then uh, figure it we'll out figure from it there. Out. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. And that's the show. Once again, thank you so much to Caitlin. Follow her on Twitter. Go see Kate Comedy. If you like this show, chooseyourownreligion.com. I love you guys so, so much. Uh, thank you for loving me as I am. Jamaste. What's a creative podcast network?